This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc. Hello, everybody. Everybody's, everybody doing okay today? Woo! I'm excited about church today, excited that you are here at all of our campuses. Once again, we just want to say hello. They're in Madeira, they're in Fresno, here in Clovis. Y'all looking pretty good for losing an hour of sleep. Anybody feel ripped off today? I usually, it takes me about three months to get over this, but uh, I don't know whose idea this is, but, uh, and then they do it on Sunday. But you're the ones that showed up. Hey, congrats to all those that are in church today. And let me just say to all of the campus, all those that financially support Celebration, that, that enables us to do what we do in our community and around the world, thank you. We couldn't do it. We couldn't do it, you know. Uh, they, couldn't, they couldn't help cats if people weren't supporting cats. Hello. Budweiser doesn't support this event today. No, they're not helping us reach people for Jesus, but, but God's people are. The, they're the tithers, they're givers, and we're so grateful that we have a people that are so generous in helping us to do what we do. Also, I want to just say to all of our Dream Team members at all of our campuses, man, come on, give it up for all those, those volunteers that help us week in and week out. Hundreds, hundreds of people across our three campuses that get, get the you know, church early and and some of them they set up, tear down. It's an all-day thing, and we're so grateful. I mean, some of them are watching your devils right now. I mean, your kids right now in, in kids' church. Aren't you, aren't you grateful for all the children's workers and all those? That, how, how many of you are thankful for the worship team at all of our camp? Come on, give it up for all them. Well, I'm excited about what we're getting ready to get into, and I just want to solicit a little bit of help today. Uh, I preach a whole lot better when you get involved, when you get engaged, when you, when you look happy. Uh, just, just act like you're alive. That, that, that'll really help the person that is sleeping with their mouth open. Man, just wake them up, slap them silly. If there's yelling going on at all of our campuses, we'll know what's going on. We'll know what's taking place. But I love when people are engaged. In fact, I do think I preach shorter, quicker messages when people get engaged. If you're not engaged and you just look stupid then I'm going to keep trying, keep trying to help, keep trying to get my point across. So, so see, people are already, I don't know what's happening over there in Matera or Fresno, but people are already saying, hey, service is over. Yeah, woohoo! Exciting, exciting stuff. Well, welcome to More News Part 2. I'm going to just take this a little bit further. Excited about the weeks ahead as we continue in this uh, subject matter of the importance of our thoughts. Let me give you the big idea today uh, as we're starting. I think they're going to put it on the screens here. It says, here's the big idea. Here's, here's the take home today. When you identify the source, you can change your course. When you identify the source, you can change your course. Um, the other day, my gardener was around our, our house, and I went out and talked to him because I have some big ideas that that I want to change some of the landscaping around my house, but, but I'm not a, um, a landscape person. I don't know much about, about gardening. And so he begins to show me around and begins to show me the difference <laughs> between weeds and plants. Apparently, I don't know the difference between weeds and plants. And he was saying, well, well what we need to do is we need to deal with these weeds over here and and then what we need to do is deal with these plants over here. Well, I thought they all looked like weeds to me. And he said, no, 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 those are, those are going to bloom and those are going to be beautiful, beautiful uh, flowers. Uh, because he could identify the weeds from the flowers, he can change the course of my yard into a beautiful landscaped yard. You see, when you identify the source, you can change your course. When it comes to our, our thoughts, so much of the time, because we're not aware of the source, all of these thoughts we have, what we end up doing is we just, we just keep them all in there. We just kind of add them on to other thoughts and just keep them all in our, our brain. And so 
we start thinking, maybe, maybe I am unlovable. Maybe I, I am stupid. Maybe I am a, a loser in life. Or maybe I'm supposed to be sick. And instead of, instead of identifying the source, we just collect them all. We just keep them all. And we begin to think, maybe, maybe I'm supposed to be miserable and poor in my life. You see, when you identify the source, you can change your course. We're going to talk about that today. Every day, you're being told what to think. We live in such a society where we're bombarded with more and more news, more and more information, more and more knowledge. It's, it's really a sign of the end times. The Bible says that in the last days, knowledge would increase. And it's constantly, isn't it, before our eyes and is streaming into our ears. It's at our fingertips. We carry it in the palm of our hands. Society, culture, media is constantly telling us what to think. I, I said this last week. I'm going to say it again. Have you ever stopped long enough just to think about what you're thinking about? I, I don't know if I don't know if you've ever thought about that. Like, let's just take a time out and let's just really think about what's going on in my head to ask yourself, why, why do I think this way? What kind of news is it that has formed my thinking? Is it, is it, is it the intellectual news? Is it, is it the cultural news? Is it the media news? Is it the political news? Or is it just the opinionated news of the people I hang out with? Or... Is it God's news? Is it God's thoughts? Is it God's information? Is it God's promises? Uh, my hope in this series is that you will begin to think about what you're thinking about. Why? Because what you think matters more than you think. What you think matters more than you think. Proverbs 4, 23 tells us, carefully guard your thoughts because they are the source of life. It's, it's all right there. It's all between your ears. The, the source of life happens right there in your head. Again, I love this quote. Watch your thoughts, they become your words. Watch your words, they become your actions. Watch your actions, they become your habits. Watch your habits because they become your character. Watch your character for it becomes your destiny. So now we've answered why you were, you, 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 why you were where you're at in life. You see, if you want your destiny to be right, if you want your character to be right, if you want your habits to be right, if you want your actions to be right, if you want your words to be right, then this right up here has to be right. What you think matters more than what you think. Last week, we learned this foundational truth, and we're going to continue to unpack this. We learned that your life follows your thoughts. Your life follows your thoughts. In other words, your life is moving in the direction of your thoughts. You are today where your thoughts have brought you, and you will be tomorrow where your thoughts take you. Proverbs says it like this, as you think in your heart, so are you. The idea here is that your thinking determines the outcome of your life, the way, the way you think. Come on, this is a spiritual law. It's a biblical truth. The way you think is, is, is how it's going to be for you. You can't blame it on mom. You can't blame it on dad. You can't blame it on the devil. You, you got, it, it all happens, right? The, the, the way you think is the way it's going to be for you. So you are where you have been thinking in your yesterdays. Your life follows your thoughts. Proverbs 4, 23, be careful how you think. Your life, catch it, is shaped by your thoughts. So the news, the information, 
that influences your thinking is the news and the information that is actually shaping your, your life. So as we get started again, I want you just to ask yourself these questions concerning your thoughts. Here, here's the first question you need to ask yourself. Where will these thoughts lead me? If you ever take time to think about the way you think, this is a great question to ask yourself. Where are these thoughts going to lead me? If, if it's true that my life follows my thoughts and I got to think about what I'm thinking about because I'm going to show up where my mindset is. Here's the next question. Will these thoughts get me where I want to go? Will these thoughts get me where I want to go? And here's a great question. Are these thoughts from God? Are these thoughts from God? Your thoughts are important because they're either moving you towards God or they're moving you away from God. And God's Word talks about this in Romans 8. Notice here in verse 5 and verse 6, it says, those who are dominated by the sinful nature, hello, think about sinful things. You see, if my life is a life of sin, it's because my thoughts are thoughts of sin. This is, this is, this is, this is, a, this is a truth we've got to understand. If, if I have a life full of sin, it's because I have thoughts full of sin. It, it just doesn't happen by itself. You don't just show up there without your thinking first showing up there. I just don't know how it happened. I was naked. She was naked. She wasn't my wife. I just don't know how it happened. Yes, you do. You started with your thoughts. You were thinking about it. You were meditating on it. You were fantasizing about it. And those thoughts took you there. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of truth, think about things that please the Spirit. You're, you're, your thoughts are either taking you to God or your thoughts are taking you away from God. This, this is how it all works. He goes on to say, the Bible goes on to say, so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. Now, when it says death there, it, it, it's talking about spiritual death, not physical death. Physical death is to be separated from your body. Spiritual death is to be separated from God. And when you think sinful thoughts, ungodly thoughts, what it does is it disconnects you from the life God has for you. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads you to life. That word life in the Greek is Zoe, the life of God. You can connect to God through your thoughts or you can disconnect from God through your thoughts. It's all about your thoughts. Your thoughts are either taking you to God where your thoughts are taking you away from God. Wow. I like what the mirror translation says. A mind addicted to God's realities leads to the God kind of life. God's word is telling us here that godly thinking separates us from the things of God, from the life of God. An ungodly mind separates you from God's wills. God's will. It separates you from God's favor. It separates you from God's peace and his joy and his, his healing and his provision. Where a godly mind connects you to God's abundant mind. Jesus says, I've come to give you life and that more abundantly. And we all say, man, I want abundant life. But are you doing what it takes to have the God kind of life? It, 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 it's all... It's all right here. If you want the abundant life that God has for you, if you want the healing and the provision and the, and the joy and the peace that God provides, you've got to get your thoughts heading in that direction. If you want more chaos, more fear, more frustration, more misery, just keep your thoughts going towards sin. Now, you don't have to wake up and think about sin. We're all born with that flesh, sin, nature. That's the reason why you don't have to teach kids how to lie. You've got to teach them how to speak truth. 
You don't have to teach kids to be selfish. They just automatically have that nature. We've got to teach ourselves how to be generous. Some of you still haven't got that lesson, but we're working on it, right? God's Word is telling us again that ungodly thinking separates us from the life that God has for us. Now, we see this in this story that Jesus tells in Luke's Gospel, Luke 15. In Luke 15, it's a very familiar story, and it really demonstrates this truth that your life follows your, your thoughts. It says, there was a man who had two sons. The younger son said to his father, give me now the part of your property that I'm supposed to receive someday. Now, now the father here, the, the father in this, this story is a picture of our father, God. So the father divided his wealth between his two sons. And a few days later, the younger son gathered up all that he had and left. And he traveled far away to another country. And there he, notice, wasted his money living like a fool. One translation says he wasted his money on wild parties and prostitutes. So here is this son who's obviously been thinking, I'm done living at home. I want my money. I want to do my own thing. I don't want my daddy telling me what to do. I don't want anybody telling me what to do. I'm ready to go have some fun and live my life for myself. So, so it, you can tell it's obvious that it's his thinking that is separating him from his, his father. The story continues. Jesus continues the story in verse 14. After he spent everything he had, there was a terrible famine throughout the country, and he was hungry and needed money. So he went and got a job with one of the people who lived there. The man sent him into the fields to feed pigs, and he was so hungry that he wanted to eat the food the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. I mean, he has hit the bottom. This is the lowest of the lows. He has lost everything. The money's gone, so the party's gone, the women's gone, and now he's in the pig pen of life. Verse 17, notice what it says here. Jesus telling this story. The son realized, hello, the son realized, hello, thoughts, that he had been very foolish, he thought. So now he's thinking, <laughs> Like some of us think sometimes, what, what in the world was I thinking? Do you ever think after something, what in the world? That's, what, that's what's going on here. He's thinking to us, what in the world was I thinking? One translation says he began to think about what he had done. Another translation says, then he began to think clearly again. And that's my prayer for, for us today is that we would really be able to think clearly and and godly. My favorite translation of this says, when he came to his right mind. Well, somebody needs that today. Somebody needs, somebody needs to just come to their right mind, their, the godly mind that, he, that God has for them. So, so, so the son is saying, what in the world have I been thinking? And the story goes on. In verse 17, the B clause, all my father's, here's, here's his thinking, all my father's hired workers have plenty of food, but here I am almost dead because I have nothing to eat. You know, sometimes you, you don't know how good you have it until you separate from it. Hello, somebody. Come on, am I the only one that's gotten that revelation? Some, sometimes you don't know how good that church was. Until you started smack talking that church and left that church and found yourself in the pig pen, maybe they're not as bad as you think they are. Plus, there's no perfect church. Come on, I'm talking to all of our campuses today. There's no perfect. There's going to be a lot of things here at Celebration you're just going to have to get over. Because when you showed up, it was per perfect until you, you showed up. You, you messed the whole thing up. There's, there's, there's no perfect church. There's no, come on, somebody here. Well, I don't like that church. They're just a bunch of hypocrites. You're a hypocrite too. We're all hypocrites trying to get the hypocrite out of us. Come on. And, and we make the mistake sometimes because we're just angry and frustrated. And so we separate. And then we separate and find out, man, I, I had it so good. 
I didn't realize what I, what I had here. He goes on to say, I will leave and go to my father. I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against God and have done wrong to you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Catch this. But let me be like one of your hired workers. Now, he's not doing this. He's thinking this in his mind. Your life follows your thoughts. Notice what happens in the very next verse. So he left. Hello. He left and went to his father. Now he's doing the action of what he has been thinking. I'm telling you, a a, a new thought can change your life. So he left and went to his father. And while the son was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. So he ran to him and hugged and kissed him. I just got to say this for somebody at one of our campuses today. The father is looking for you. Regardless how bad you've been, regardless of the wild parties and the crazy lifestyle, you've got to know the Father God is still looking for you to come back home. Come on. How many of you have experienced the love of the Father that he was looking for you and he accepted you back in with all your mess, with all your sinful ways? So the Father's looking for him. The father hugs him and kisses him. And the son said to the father, Father, I've sinned against God and have done wrong to you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your, your son. So notice the son's not making excuses. He's not blaming his, his family. He's not blaming other people. He's actually repenting here, and he's speaking his changed mind. But the father said to his servants, I like this, hurry. Bring the best clothes and put them on him. God's not mad at him. God's not frustrated with him. God's not trying to make him pay for his crazy, wild lifestyle. Hello, somebody needs to hear that today. Because we religious people, we want to make people pay for it, right? You, you, you made your bed, so you got to live in it. That's not the, the heart of God. God's not mad at him. God's putting a new robe on him, the robe of righteousness. Come on, he's, he's putting a ring of authority back on him. Huh? And, and, and sandals, a new walk on his, for his feet in verse 23. And bring out the best calf and kill it so that we can celebrate with plenty to eat. God celebrates the fact when you come back home to the Father. He's not there ready to jab you and make you feel bad for all the things that you've done wrong. He's just ready for you to get on with life. He's ready to party. He's ready to celebrate that you had a change of mind. You see, when you choose the Father, you get blessed. When your thinking is right, you get blessed. Now, now this is amazing. I read it because I felt like we needed to take time to to hear this story that Jesus told in his earthly ministry. It's so amazing. Don't miss this. All this son does is that he starts thinking differently. And his thinking causes him to go back to the Father it's going to shock you. He didn't pray. He didn't fast for three days. He didn't have the pastor lay hands on him. He, he didn't even need a miracle. He didn't need a breakthrough. Some of you, oh, I need a breakthrough. I need a miracle. No. All he needed was just a new way of thinking. Come on. That's all you need. Come on, you don't need a miracle. You don't need a breakthrough. You don't need to pray more. You don't need to fast more. You just need a new way of thinking. He didn't change his clothes. He didn't change his hairdo. He just changed the way he thought. And the change of his mind connected him back to the father. Notice what it says here. The story concludes here. My son was dead the father saying this. My, my son was dead, but now he's alive again. He was lost, but now he is found. So they begin to have a party. My son was dead. That's not true. He, he, wasn't, he wasn't dead. He, he was out there partying. He was hanging out with prostitutes. He, he wasn't dead. No, he, he was dead. He was dead to the reality of God's blessings. He was dead to the reality of God's provision. He was dead to the reality of God's protection upon his life. He was separated from from the life that God had for him. 
But when his thinking changed, his life changed. Somebody needs to hear that today. And I'm preaching better than you're, you're shouting. See, every change starts with a thought. Here, every change starts with not more prayer. All those things will assist. But every change starts with a thought. And if you can get a thought, if you can change a thought, you can change a marriage. If you can change a thought, you can change your health. If you can change a thought, you can actually change your finances. If you can change a thought, you can change your, 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 your horrible attitude. It all starts with a nudge your neighbor and say, I think he's talking about you today Some, at all of our campuses. Come on. All you've got to do is change a thought, and it can change your life. Somebody celebrate this truth this morning. Thank you, God, for helping me. Thank you for telling me. Your, your life follows your thoughts. You don't need a miracle. You don't need a breakthrough. Listen, you need a new way of thinking. And if you can think differently, your life will be differently. This is, this is why you need to think differently. Nothing changes. Nothing. Hear it. This is sobering. But the reason why you need to think differently is because nothing in your life will change until you think differently. The way if you, if you let's say it like this, if you want to keep having what you have, just keep thinking <laughs> the way you're thinking. But if you talk to most people, they're miserable. They're frustrated with life. They're, they're ticked off. Well, you can change it today. You don't have to cast the devil out. You just got to get a new thought. If you're tired of living in the pig pen of life, then what you must do is change the way you think. Ah. It's the real battle. <laughs> this is the real battle, isn't it? You didn't know this. The Bible teaches us this is, this is the battle that you're in. It's taking place in your, your mind. It's, it's taking place in your thought life. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a thinking battle. You're not, you're not fighting the devils. You're fighting the way you think. The only power, hear this today, the only power that the devil has over your life is a power of suggestion. He just, he just throws a thought out there to see if you'll embrace it, to live by it, because he knows if you'll embrace it, it won't be long that your life will show up where that thought takes you. I mean, the Bible talks about this battle that's going on in your life and how we win this, this battle. How many of you want to know how to win this battle? So, so in the next couple minutes... We're going to give you the how now. We're going to tell you how to win this battle. It's in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Notice verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we're not waging war according to the flesh. In other words, our, our, our weapons aren't guns and knives. It says verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not flesh, but have divine power. Somebody shout divine power. Come on, let's say that at all of our campuses. Shout, shout divine power. So the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. Now, now notice when we think strongholds here, especially for us raised in church, growing up in church, we see strongholds, we, we see the devil. That's talking about the devil. That has nothing to do with the devil. The word strongholds here in the Greek language simply means a fortress or a prison made up of thoughts. A fortress or a prison made up of thoughts. Let, let me give you this definition. Fortified patterns of thinking that opposes God's word and God's ways. Wow. Literally, this could be translated. A person who is imprisoned by patterns of wrong thinking. You see, it's not the devil that imprisons us that locks us up and keeps us, uh, keeps us away from God's best. It's, it's the thoughts we're thinking that locks us up and disconnects us from the life that God has for us. Could, could you really be locked up by deceptions and information and lies that you are believing as truth? That, that's what this scripture says. But the good news here is that we've been given divine power 
to, to, to literally destroy those mindsets. The Bible said this is where the war is. It's not a devil with a pitchfork and a cape that you're fighting against. The war that's going on is, is, is raging in your mind. It's, it's strongholds. It's ways of thinking that imprisons your life, keeps you out of the plan and the purpose of God. But the good news is, is you've got divine power. You have some power that you can destroy these ways of thinking. Here's how we do it. Here's how we do it. Goes on to say in verse five, we destroy arguments. Talking about thought, arguments is reasonings. That's that's where your thoughts are. And every lofty opinion, that's your thoughts, raised against the knowledge of God. Notice and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Take every thought captive. Every thought has to be taken captive. We, the mere translation. I love this translation. We arrest every thought that could possibly trigger an opposing threat to our, to our redeemed identity. That is absolutely powerful. We take every thought that could possibly trigger an opposing threat to our, to our redeemed identity. We arrest it. We, does anybody know how to arrest? You've got to... I love watching cop shows. So much so... A few years back, I actually arrested my wife in bed. I didn't know I was doing it. I just, I had it in me, and I, I jumped on top of her in the middle of the night, and I said, you're under arrest. That, that's what we got to do. That's what we got to do with our thoughts. We got we to gotta capture those thoughts. You're, you're, you're under arrest. You're not going to control my life. You're trying to, you're trying to steal the, the identity of my redemption. You see, when Jesus died upon the, the cross, he redeemed you. He, 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 he provided things for you. He forgave you. He healed you. He delivered you. You have become, become the righteous of God in Christ. There, there, there are benefits of redemption, and the enemy is trying to steal them away by your thoughts. I like the New Living Translation. It's going to make it very clear. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. We capture. We, we capture. Some of you are still thinking about me arresting my wife. I did survive through the night. It was all okay. But we haven't slept together in years. Just, just kidding. We sleep together every night, and I arrest her every night, and it is a lot of fun. Come on, some of you just woke up. You see my wife, she's hot, man. I'm telling you, it gets me excited every night. I rest my wife. Baby, you are under arrest. You still with me? We're almost done. We capture, we capture every thought Notice, we capture every thought and teach them to obey Christ. Here's the how-to. If you miss this, you're going to miss life. Man, I'm so glad you, you, you're still here because this is, this is what the enemy doesn't want you to know. He wants to make sure you stay ignorant concerning the enemy's device here. Here's, here's what you need to know. If you have a rebellious thought or a lying thought, you have to arrest it. You have to capture it. Not only that, then you have to teach your thoughts the truth of God's words. It's not enough just to capture it. It's not enough just to arrest it. But you've got to teach your thoughts the truth of God's words. So you have to capture. Let's just do some illustrations here, examples here. You have to capture those thoughts of fear and anxiety that's trying to rule your life. And you have to teach your thoughts what the Bible says. Yeah, yeah that means we're going to have to dust it off. We're going to have to open it up and find some God thoughts. We're going to have to capture those ungodly thoughts, those, those thoughts of fear and anxiety. And we're going to have to realize, according to 2 Timothy, that God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. I'm going to teach my thoughts that God has not given me a spirit of fear. You have to capture those thoughts of unworthiness in your life. The enemy wants you to buy in that you're a loser, that you're unworthy. But you have to teach those thoughts. 
what the Bible says, that I've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, according to 2 Corinthians 5.21, that I am God's masterpiece. Did you know? You're the apple of his eye. Ephesians 2.10 says you are God's masterpiece. But if you never look in here, you don't know God's thoughts concerning. You cannot arrest, capture, and then replace it with God's thoughts. It's not enough just to capture the thought. You've got to teach your thoughts what God's word says concerning your life. This this is where the battle's won. This is where the battle is lost. You have to capture those thoughts of guilt and shame. So many people are just struggling with the guilt and the shame. You've got to capture those thoughts. And you've got to teach your thoughts. Romans 8, 1, that there is no condemnation to them who belong to Christ Jesus. Come on, what are you thinking? You have to capture those thoughts of poverty and lack. I'm always going to be poor. Who told you that? You have to capture that thought. You have to arrest that thought. And then you've got to teach your thoughts what the Bible says. You've got to teach it that Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 28. That God gives me the power to get wealth, to establish his covenant in the land. You've got to teach your thoughts, Psalms 112, that wealth and riches shall be in my house. Come on, you've got to teach your thoughts, Philippians 4.19. My God shall supply all my needs. Come on, somebody out and shout right now. All my needs according to his riches in glory. If you're going to win the battle in life, you've got to know what the Word of God says, and you've got to capture every deceiving lie, every, every word that's not true. You've got to capture it. You've got to arrest it, and you've got to teach your thoughts what God says concerning your life. And if you don't, you're going to lose the battle because your life follows your thoughts. Your life follows your thoughts. And if I can get a new thought, I can get a new life. Come on, some of you are struggling with thoughts of, of sickness and disease. The enemy's harassing you. I'm going to kill you with disease. You've got to capture that thought. The enemy's telling you you're going to die early, prematurely. You've got to capture that thought, and you've got to teach your thoughts the Word of God. That he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. That that the chastisement was upon him for our peace. And by whose stripes we are healed. That's what you've got to teach. Come on, how many of you catching it? We could go on and on. Are you enjoying this? Is it good? You've got to capture. Let's do a couple more. We've got to capture the thoughts of failure. And teach the thoughts. The Bible says it. That thanks be to God who always causes me to, to triumph. I'm not a loser. I'm an overcomer. Romans 8, 7, 8, 8 37 says, I'm, I'm more than a conqueror. I'm not a failure. I gotta capture that thought of failure. I gotta capture that thought that I'm a loser. And I gotta, I gotta teach my thinking that I'm more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. This is the battle that you are in. Whoever controls your thoughts controls your life. Wow. This is the battle. This is the battle. It's the battle to replace ungodly thoughts with godly thoughts. You know what it's really called? It's called repeal and replace. <laughs> and we're not even talking about Obama care. It's the ultimate repeal and replace. The battle is to repeal, to reject the ungodly thoughts and replace them with God's thoughts of truth. Every thought, every thought, every thought in your life needs to be reviewed. Please, at all the campuses, hear me. We're just about done. But this is serious business. And most believers don't understand the first and most important thing that you'll ever do is to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The second most important thing that you'll ever do if you want to have the life that God has for you is that you must renew your mind because your life follows your thoughts. 
Every thought in your life must be reviewed. Every thought that's not biblical, every thought that's not helpful, has to be captured. It has to be rejected. It has to go. I know I'm passionate, but I'm telling you, this is how you win in life. I can't afford for that negativity. I can't afford for that lying thought to stay right there. Because if I keep it there, it's going to direct my life. You can't let it get into your mind unchecked. You can't let it get into your mind unapproved. You've got to separate the weeds from the beautiful plants. You've got to be the gardener of your life. When you identify the source, listen, church, you can change your course. I'm telling you, some of you are going to need to get this podcast and listen to it every day this coming week, because this is how you're going to win in life. I want to wrap up our time together with these two questions. It's what I want you to ask yourself as we close, as we wrap this up. What thoughts has the enemy planted in your mind that is keeping you from the abundant life that God has for you? That's why it's so important to be here today at all of our campuses. Because we can we can reject the ungodly thoughts and replace them with godly thoughts. What, what thoughts? What has the enemy sold to you? What lies, what deception, what negativity has he planted in your garden, the garden of your mind that is keeping you from the abundant life that God has for you? Uh, you know, my dad was poor. My grandpappy was poor. I guess we'll always be poor. That's a lie. That's a lie. Well, my dad died early with a heart attack. I guess I'll probably die early. That's a lie. That's a lie. Well, my, my dad was never a good husband. I guess I can't be a good husband. That's a lie. Who planted those thoughts in your garden? Come on, you need to ask yourself that question. What thoughts are in there that's keeping you from God's abundant life? And here's the next question. What truth has God promised in his word that you need to teach your thoughts about? What truth has God promised in his word that you need to teach your thoughts about? So I guess what that really means is we're going to have to start reading the Bible. (laughs) What a novel idea. It's crazy to think Christians would have to read the Bible. We're going to have to dust it off and get in the pages. Now you know why the enemy fights you so hard to keep you out of this book. Because this is the changed life that you so desperately need and desire. And it's all right here. People have given their lives so that we could have a copy in our hand. And we just live life acting like it's of no importance. But I'm here to tell you Right here in this book is God's thoughts that will change your ways forever. Come on, somebody. That's why I applaud you today. It's the reason why your church attendance is so important. I spent all week preparing, getting these thoughts for you, hearing from heaven so that you can change the way you being here is absolutely of the utmost importance. That's the reason why the enemy fights you so hard to just skip out on church. And it's not really important. Yes, it is so important that the Bible, if you open it, says, don't neglect the coming together. God has pastors and ministers and leaders in churches that, 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 that are preparing themselves to hear from heaven to speak into your life on a weekly basis. Come on, somebody ought to get excited about that. I'm done. I'm I'm closing it up. Come on, act like you love them. Somebody celebrate today. Ah.
Oh, somebody act like they've just been delivered. Somebody act like they've just been set free. Come on, this is the best thing you've ever heard in your life. You're not fighting the devil. You're fighting your thoughts. That's where the battle is. And you've been redeemed. You've been forgiven. You are God's masterpiece. You've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He has healed you. He has delivered you. He has prospered you. You are going somewhere as a son and daughter of the most high God to happen in this earth. You're not a failure. You're not a failure. You are God's masterpiece. This is the battle. It's, hear it, it's your battle. Did you hear that? It's not only the battle, it's your battle. And you are the only one, you're the only one for your life that makes the decision what you're going to think. God has given you here today. I'm, I'm, this is powerful stuff as we close here today. You can't blame it on your mama because she didn't breastfeed you. You choose what you think. The devil doesn't do it for you. He can only suggest things. You are the gardener of your thought life. You make the decision what you're going to think. Hear me today. What a responsibility. You see, I like the old saying, you can't keep the birds from flying over your head. You've all heard that, right? But you can keep them from making a nest in your, your hair. How many of you ever heard that? Just us old timers? Come on, some, come on, help me. Is anybody? Well, if you've, if you've never heard, let me tell you. You can't keep the birds from flying over your head. But you can keep them from making a nest in your, your hair. Listen, you can't keep thoughts from coming. But you can keep them from becoming the way you think. I, I, uh, <laughs> I went off. I'm, I'm out there in left field now. I'm just yelling and screaming, just having a good time doing it. Some of you have been here so long, your beards have grown. I'm a runner. I know it doesn't look like it, but I do run. I run because I like to eat ice cream. If I didn't run, I'm telling you, I, I'm telling you, it, Yeah. I run for the sole purpose of eating ice cream every night of my life. It's a wonderful thing. So, so, so I run. I'll run, I'll run miles every, every week. I'll run, run. I've been doing that since the 90s. I, every, I'm running. I'm running because I'm eating. Well, where I run for some reason, the birds kind of like me. I've had many encounters with birds. I've been running where birds have just swooped down and started pecking away on my head. It's like, really? And so it's, 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 it's all out war, you know? It's, it's feathers flying everywhere. Get out of my hair. Get out of my head. Can't keep them from flying over your head, but you can keep them from, from building a nest in your hair. Well, the other day I was running and and there he is. I mean, not the same bird, because that bird's a dead bird. But, but there's another bird, and it's a huge bird. It's, it's like a vulture. It's like one of those guys that looks like he could just pick you up and take you away. It's like, oh, really? We got a problem, Houston. We got a problem. All of a sudden, I could feel this bird locking his radar on me. I, I, I sped up, and the bird sped up. I slowed down, and the bird slowed down. God is my witness. I slowed down. The bird slowed down. You could tell he was ready to bomb my life. And sure enough, he did. That bird bombed my life. It was like a whole jar of mayonnaise. I kid you not. Dumped on my head. It's like, really? This, this bird with accuracy dumped his load on my head. And as it's rolling down my face, I thought to myself, 
Is this my lot in life? Am I just going to be a bird poop the rest of my life? Or am I going to do something about this poop? And I, where I run, there's the river. And so thank God I ran down to the river and I begin to wash away. Somebody needs to hear. I, need, I begin to wash away the, the, the bird poop from my life. God's word washes away. In fact, Ephesians says we are washed by his word. God's word washes away the lies, the deception, the wrong thinking, the negativity. Washes away and replaces it with God's truth. I'm just here to tell you, you don't have to be a bird poop the rest of your life. You can change. You can change. You can change your life because your life follows your thoughts. Let's pray at all of our campuses. Father, we're thanking you today for truth. God, I, I just, God, I sense passion. I feel, I sense that people are getting it, Lord. God, I feel like so many of us, even in these buildings, these rooms, these places of worship that we're saying, really? You mean I've allowed my thoughts to, to mess my life up? Well, this is the last day because I'm going to take God's word and I'm going to wash away the, the lies of the enemy and I'm going to rise up and be the person God's called me to be. I'm going to live in his reality, his redemptive reality of who he's made me to be. God, let this word go deep on the inside of every life in every campus. Change us, Lord. Begin to do the new things of God that, that we begin to declare in the month of January. Do it, God, as we change our thinking. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. Come on, give the Lord a big hand. This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc.